Anybody have any good daydreams during the presentation? Often we will acknowledge that life is change, right? That we are either growing or we are withering, changing or stuck. We have at least some vague acknowledgement that extended stagnation is eventual demise. Rest is good. Even hibernation has its place. Care of the mind and body are truly important, and each requires both activity and respite. But there's an aspect of our very spirits Something very much a part of human vitality, an essential component of our well-being, our natures, that cannot survive without exercise. Variety, nuance. Without its own exercise, food, fresh air, and clean water, it withers quickly. And though it may find infinite forms of expression, it must nevertheless have a place in our lives. We must create to live. It is our nature. Routine can certainly serve many purposes. Practice. Tradition, yes. But rote behaviors and habituation, not so much. One might argue that even in simply, in simple conversation, one is creating, right? But don't we fall into habits of speech, patterns of wit, with which, and we're comfortable, people we choose to talk to more readily than others, topics that we prefer, language, language choices that are relatively easy and don't require a lot of thought or creativity to employ. And one might suggest that moving through any day, we must uh, at least be a little creative in navigating the unexpected whether that's just dropping a spoon on the floor or if it's actually trying to handle a significant crisis or important situation. But those, too, are often somewhat automatic. We have, we have gears that we shift into that are not all the same, and we employ different gears for different activities. Nevertheless, they're familiar they're, they're an automatic sort of thing that we don't really get creative with very often. I've lately been fascinated with an idea and an image that I was first introduced to by the late Celtic uh, poet and philosopher to whom I refer or have been referring uh, regularly over the last year or so, um, John O'Donohue. 
John O'Donohue spoke with a Celtic sensibility that in which there was no differentiation between uh, a spiritual world and a physical world. Um, and I thought it appropriate to draw in an Irish person for St. Patrick's Day again. But this, this particular image that has so captivated me is that of a threshold between the seen and the unseen, and that threshold being us. Humankind being the shoreline where the visible and the invisible coexist, merge, move from one to the other. I was in a meeting earlier this week in which the subject of the cross came up. And I shared in that meeting that when I think of the cross, what I think of is the horizontal line of, of all of us reaching out to each other. The, this, this plane of external stuff in which we interact with each other. And then the vertical line being the deeper connection with self and spirit and, and that which is transcendent and greater than us all. And that right at the point where those two things come together is humankind. That the idea of Jesus being someone who introduced a thought like this to large cultures is very comfortable for me. I mean, um, there are other cultures that were dealing with this in other ways, but in a particular culture, the figure of that story, that, that, um, that idea that humankind is where that threshold is, that intersection is, I just, I just love that idea. Still, if you think about it, so very much of who we are, who we know ourselves to be, the way that we um, translate the world around us, and the way that we interpret the events of our days, um, the things that other people say, so much of that happens in an invisible world. A great deal of what we experience reality as is not visible to anyone else around us. Sometimes it finds expression in our faces, sometimes in our actions and words. But there's an awful lot that goes unseen and unsaid. Don't you think? They live there until and unless we give them expression. And our souls have a very deep desire for expression. And when I think of creativity, I think there's a large difference between uh, doing something that, that, that is generative 
creativity and something that is destructive creativity. In the Christian, in Christianity, Judaism, and Sufi Islam, there exists the theological concept of humankind having been created in the image of God, or uh, Imago Dei. No doubt that concept has as many translations as there are traditions, and as many opinions as there are individuals in those traditions, this one included. So let's keep going toward the reason I've brought it up and not get bogged down there, okay? Uh, Buckminster Fuller in 1963 wrote, God, to me, it seems, is a verb, not a noun, proper or improper. And then in 1970, uh, 1997, you know, 64 years later, someone from the uh, Jewish tradition, a rabbi named David Cooper, wrote a book called God is a Verb, colon, Kabbalah and the Practice of Mystical Judaism. And before he moves into the lessons of Kabbalah, the author tries to describe and explain God as process rather than noun, transitive or intransitive. Verbs, no, I'm sorry. Not transitive or intransitive verbs, but an interactional verb that requires two subjects and two objects. Uh, anyway. Kabbalah teaches that creation is not something that happened at some point in time. Creation is happening at all times. We should never refer to creation as a thing of the past, but as something ongoing and constant, an unceasing phenomenon. So I'm quite comfortable walking around in the idea that creating is sacred work. That creation is perpetual, and as a being that creates, I mirror the foundational principles of the universe. To put that in very traditional language, I, you, we are most godlike when we're being creative. giving expression to the urges that rise from deep within where our true nature stir, stirs to guide us. The most prolific songwriter I've ever known, a friend of mine, um, once told me that if you want to write songs, well, if you want to write good songs, you have to write a lot of songs. You don't stop and evaluate them along the way, like Ms. Susan was talking about, worrying about if it's going to be great. When you're, when, you're for, when you're in the creative process, you can hone and shape things after they've been birthed, but you don't try to, to make them perfect in their birthing. The idea, the, the, the first the first movement from something that has no form even in thought 
to something that's discernible. We don't stop. He said, you may have to write a hundred of mediocre or even bad songs before you get to one that's good. But then you have a hundred to cannibalize <laughs> and make other at least mo mediocre songs from. Um, exercising our creativity fills a need that nothing else can. At the same time, if we try to force our spirits into anything, our, force our spirits into anything, we won't succeed. How many of you have ever had the experience of trying to come up with an idea or a solution to something or the answer to something specific and couldn't call it up to save your life, but you got busy doing something else. And the answer appeared. Just showed up. The tension that can be around trying to force ourselves into creating something absolutely inhibits the process. It has to have, it has to have spaciousness in our spirits. And if we can let up the tension enough, Creativity happens. Workplaces can smother or drain our creativity and expression, though there is at long last some recognition that environments conducive to creative process are healthier and more successful companies. While this congregation is filled with creative people, I would venture to say on some level or another that virtually all of us layer ourselves with comfortable habits and routines that impair our creative spirit. Or put our spirits to sleep. Or bury them. Or hobble them to our detriment. Creativity and creating beauty, allowing the expression of your beautiful soul into the world is a gift that is yours to bring. When we're in rhythm and season with our own creative needs, our spirits get that fresh air they need like building a fire without adequate ventilation, the flame goes out. Our passion for life can fade. Every one of you is such a precious gift. You bring so much to the world around you already with your ideas and your work, the things you've committed your lives to, the ways that you choose to live your life, all of those things are gifts. And I'm quite sure that some portion of that is done creatively. 
My question on the flip side of that would be, is it the kind of creativity that rises from your heart? Is it the kind of creativity that comes from your heart of hearts, that, that leaves you feeling when it's done that you've participated in the very generation of the universe? felt the connection with something vast and wonderful and inspiring and, and unfolding. If you're not too sure about that, then let yourself out of the box some this week. Even if it's just to walk out of your house through a different door. Or do the things you do to get ready in a different order. That's not the kind of creativity that I'm talking about, but it's breaking the routines that stifle us. And when we think about what we're doing rather than doing things from habit, there's energy that gives us more to build beloved community with, to interact with others with. Vibrancy in our relationships and in our being. 